Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Um, I thought what we'd do this morning, just a little, um, little, little different thing rather than a preach on, on fathers, um, I wanted to invite my son and my father-in-law up, I, to have three generations. We could have had four, actually, uh, with my grandson here, but um, I, thought, I thought I want you to hear from them. I've told them they should be honest and, uh, and transparent, and um, because here's what we all share in common. We all have fathers. All of us as fathers have this in common. We're all sons. And so in order for us, I think, to be great fathers, we need to learn how to be a son as well, and so... I've just, um, I'm going to have these, each of these share a little bit about what their father was like, what it was like to be a son, uh, and then leave you with a few comments of what they would pass along to uh, any young fathers for uh, specific advice or wisdom. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me to uh, 1 Kings chapter 11. Here, here's the thing about legacy, and I, and I, and I want to just... Um, make a, a really specific and a clear point on, on legacy. Um, reading through this passage in, about Solomon and David, he, 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 ma- he makes this point right, right towards, because Solomon's kind of messing up a bit, he's got too many wives, <laughs> like one's really enough, but he had lots. And in verse, in verse 11 it says, so now the Lord said to him, since you've not kept my covenant, and have disobeyed my laws, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father David, but because of your dad, he, Solomon is living under the influence of his father and God is honoring the legacy of his father. Because of what David did, his son would be impacted by those results. And then it says, I will not do this while you're still alive. I'll take the kingdom away from your son, and even so I will let him be king of one tribe for the sake of my servant. Now, not your father, but my servant, David. And for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. In my my Bible, I wrote wow beside that. That God actually moves and does, and, and, and his actions seem predicated by what has taken place a generation before. That, to me, is mind-blowing. That, that really, to me, reminds me, as a father, the things that I am doing have a ripple effect for the generations that follow after me. And I'm, I've learned, I guess, to accept that, that when God wants, the only way God gets things to us is through inheritance, because nothing's for sale in the kingdom of God. And inheritance is based on relationships, and that the flow needs to be generational from father to son or parents to kids. That's what it's meant to be. When I see this and the the impact of how Solomon was living in the shadow of his dad, the fact is you and I also live in the shadow of our, either our father specifically, or at least our homes of origin. They have huge impacts on us. I was looking further back and thinking about how each generation was meant to learn from the previous generation's successes and failures that were meant to pass them along. And and actually, it says in Judges is that there was a generation 
um, Judges chapter two, there was a generation who knew not God nor the works he had done because they had not been passed along and they had not been shared. Uh, it says about Abraham in verse 18, chapter 18, verse 19, I've singled you out so that you will direct your sons and their families to keep the ways of the Lord and do what's right and just. Then I will do for him all that I have promised. It says later in Acts chapter seven is that even though all nations were gonna be blessed, it says in Abraham's lifetime, that he, did, he only owned a very small piece of land, and he was, and he was married to a, a barren woman. How is God gonna fulfill those promises? He's gonna fulfill his promises through the generations. So, so just thinking of how that works, and, and later on in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 and 17, it refers to you, young man, who despise his inheritance. And I personally think that there's generations right now, what I would call New Testament Esau's, who don't respect their inheritance, spiritual or physical. And it says that he actually moved himself out of position of promise for a bowl of porridge. And how it's very easy for us to get our eyes off the spiritual and simply want to enjoy the material. And, for the, and so this is why it's important that we hear together and that we position ourselves towards our father and our mother and we keep those relationships clean and strong and right for the sake of inheritance, generation to generation to generation. The God of Abraham was to be the God of Isaac who was to be the God of Jacob. That's how it was meant to be. And for most, um, for most uh, fathers, we live with high levels of regret. I would say, any father here would say, look back and say, I, I wished I could have done a little better. But the fact is that we do the best we can. And I don't think there's a father here who would not say, if I had something that I received from my father that I would not like to also pass it along, the things that I would see, I'd love to give. Because fathers freely give. They want to give. That's in our hearts to do. But what we can't give away what we haven't received. And so when I look to my father for specific things, I realize, oh, he didn't give them to me because they were not given to him. So many times we are the Genesis generation who have to start. And we have to say, Lord, what are you giving to us that we can then pass along to them? And we just give our best. But generation to generation, out of barrenness came two for Abraham. And out of Isaac, out of barrenness came two. And out of Jacob came 12. And that multiplication was meant to go generationally. So I'm going to ask my father-in-law to stand up and share a few thoughts of what it was like for him as a son growing up and um, some things that he has learned. And then after that, I'm gonna have my, my son get up. So would you welcome to the platform, Roland Stelarsis, my wife's dad. Bless you. You know, as, as, uh, as kids there, we never had Mother's Day and Father's Day. I don't know what happened in our day and time, and I don't know when Father's Day and Mother's Day came around. It did, but we we, sell, we we had a good time. I just want to say uh, welcome to uh, or welcome uh, to church. I, I want to say Happy Father's Day, Happy Grandfather's Day, and Happy Great Grandfather's Day. Also, you mums as well. You're great in our lives. Uh, I want your imagination to run wild, and imagine you'd have to go back about 79 years now. That's a long ways back. Because we, I came from a family of 11, 11, eight boys, and three girls. 
Now, this all happens in a span of 20 years. So, so you can see what happened to mom, right? <laughs> all in 20 years, <clears throat> mom, mom was busy. Uh, dad was around. He was uh, there as well. He provided for our physical needs really, really well. Uh, time with us, I'm not too sure, really, because and as kids there, we, we never really looked at, looked at Dad for that because we had so many things going on in our lives. When you have eight boys in your family, or seven brothers, and try to share things, we had a lot of fun. We, we, uh, we did a lot of things. I, I wasn't missing a lot of that at that time, really. But Dad was our provision. I, I knew he cared for us. I've never had a chance to, for this one-on-one -on -one relationship where he would kind of talk to me, or I would go beside him. As, as a matter of fact, I've never seen him do it to any of our children. But yet he cared, yet he cared for us. That was a relationship with my, my uh, father, really. Uh, now, when you think of that, as we grew up, really, and um, now talking about me as a father, so where is my mentor? How do I know how to father? Have I seen a father? All I know is my dad. All I know is my dad. And I still reflect on that, and I look back, and the things that he did for us, really, it was really, really good. It's still in my heart, really. And uh, now the next thing is, I'm getting married, and I'm going to have a child. Our first child was Kelly. And <laughs> it's, you know, you say, am I really prepared to be a father? We were prepared for having a baby, Kelly. Uh, our first child, our second child was Rob, uh, and our third child was Kevin. Was I prepared for a father? Not really, not really. It's just like God saying, were you ever prepared for marriage? You're prepared for the wedding, but are you really prepared for the uh, marriage? No, you're not. So then, same thing with fathering. But I knew instinctively and naturally that we want to give our time for our children. We were so proud, first time we had our baby Kelly, I took her, we, Jennifer and I drove her, I think it was 100 kilometers, down to a baby show. We were gonna display her, she was gonna win first prize. <laughs> and, in our, and in our hearts, and in our hearts, she was first prize. And we knew, we knew we had to spend time with her, quality time, we just knew that. So we did that, we spent a lot of time with our family, and then Rob comes along, Having Kelly being the first one, you spend more time with that, your uh, time with her, and it's a learning curve, really. You, you know, you just kind of learn as you go along, really. But but there's no there's no books on fathering. We never had any, and of course we did I think reasonably reasonably well. So then, preparation, uh, preparation, not very much. But inside of you, I think God's placed something inside of you that can really help. I didn't, I didn't know what it, what it was, but we knew, we knew that we knew that we needed to spend time raising our family. And it was great. I, this morning my son gave me a, yeah, this morning, this, this morning my son gave me a text. And yeah, happy, happy, <coughs> happy Father's Day. Of course, I just replied, you know, I love you too, Kevin. And how else? And on the way to Saskatoon, 
we stopped at my son's place, and there was a, there was a, a card in the mailbox, and here's the card right here. Dad, thanks for teaching me what really matters. <clears throat> there are lots of things you taught me without ever saying a word. You taught me to do what is right by living your life with integrity. You taught me to be kind, to be always caring. So much about others. Happy Father's Day. And then a little note from my from Denise, my daughter-in-law, thanks for being an awesome father-in-law. May God bless you more with a good health. And furthermore, uh, happy Dad's Day. Thanks for being an example uh, for, your, for your family. It means a lot that you take time, that you take time to be involved in our lives and show your love to Denise, myself, and the kids. So, what else can you say? So, my, my thoughts for young fathers and fathers-to-be is to spend quality time, really. There's nothing else, really. You need to pour your life. And I, when I see time, I don't just mean being there. Uh, I mean being involved with them, doing things, playing with them, hugging them, all these different things. And like my dad, he was present there, but you need more than that. You need more than that. You need involvement. Really. So that'd be, that'd be my, my uh, probably the, the, my theme of, of what I would say to young dads and this today, really. So with that, I'm going to end there. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Okay, I'm not a natural planner, so I normally don't write things down before I speak, I just see what comes out. <laughs> but today I actually wrote it down. So, because I actually feel that God has something that I actually feel really passionate about, and I, and I feel like there's something to be said, and I, and I, I don't want to miss it. So I'm sorry if I'm looking at my phone, but... I want to make sure I hit the points that I feel like God's placed in my heart. I was given a few questions today, questions about being a father and being a son, and I'll do my best to answer that, but more than anything, I'll try and share what being a son and a father means to me. You won't be perfect and you will fail. You will have regrets and you will wish you could change things, and as a father and as a son, but God's grace is thick. It carries away all the pain and regret you have and replaces it with his love. I was thinking back to what I needed from my dad as a son. I needed to know that I had a safe place to fail from. And I'm a complete failure at running away. I remember I was about 11 years old and I decided that uh, I was done with the family. I'm, I'm done with mom and dad. I am better off on my own. So I packed up a backpack and I'm going, I'm heading off. I got about a half a block away, and I heard Dad running up behind me, wait, wait, slow down. So I slowed down thinking that Dad was going to do what dads do and bring me back home and, you know, tell me why I was wrong for running away. 
Instead, Dad runs up behind me and gives me a Coke and says, here, you're probably going to get thirsty on the trip. <laughs> I made it about a block further, and I sat down on a park bench because I was way too prideful to walk home. And I went, okay, well, I better sit here for at least an hour just so he knows I'm serious. And then I eventually made my way home and went, okay, there we go. <laughs> I got that out of me. I needed to know I was accepted exactly as I was, but also that my dad seen something in me that I couldn't see in myself, and he was willing to take the time and the effort and the energy to pull it out of me. I needed to know that my dad would show up as I needed him. I needed to know that I could rely on him and that he would stand up and protect me and our family. I needed to know that I had someone to talk to, and I needed to know that the questions of my heart were safe with him. I needed someone to model what being a man and a father was, and I needed him to be there to spend time with me and to let me know I'm not alone and to ignite a spark in me for my future. I'm so proud to be a dad and I have two wonderful kids who I couldn't be more proud of. But I struggle. I struggle with the fight between my heart and my head, the battle to be a physical provider for my family, which I find very easy, but also to be an emotional provider. The struggle to be present, to turn off my work and my day and just be to be the airplane, the jungle gym, the boxing bag, the tickle monster, and the greatest wrestler in the world. To be everything and everyone that my kids need at that moment, but also to be a teacher, a rule keeper, and a limit pusher. To work and to work hard, to show my kids that education and talent will only get you so far, that this world is filled with extremely talented people who have never amounted to anything, all because their work ethic, character, passion, and life, and drive just weren't up to their level of talent. My kids don't just need me to talk, about being a hard worker and being dedicated, they need me to model it. And I need them to know that they see honor, respect, and hard work, integrity, and character will get you further than talent and education ever will, to bridge the gap between your head and your heart. What most of you don't know is I actually have two dads. I had a dad who was a farmer, and I have a dad who's a pastor. There's only three people in this room that knew my farmer dad. From my farmer dad, I learned about the simple things in life, and I learned about family. Camping and reading and coffee by the fire on cold winter nights, to take time and to just be there. I remember meeting dad and grandpa in the field for supper at harvest and seeing what it took to take care of a sheep farm. I learned about hard work and the seasons of life, and I learned what it meant to work with my hands and be proud of what I could build. From my pastor dad, I learned what it meant to live outside my comfort zone and to stretch myself. I learned about sacrifice and the cost of vision. I learned what it means to open your family to others and what hurt, pain might come from it, but also the joy. I learned how to rely on God, and I learned that every battle you fight in life, you fight twice. Once to take the ground and once to hold the ground. But most of all, I learned how to pray. I miss my farmer dad dearly. And I often wish for that life again. It's the place I go to in my mind when I need to escape and de-stress. But I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't be who I am today without the sacrifices and the prayers of this man, my pastor dad. If I was to pass anything on to a young man and father in this room, from a son and a father with many regrets, here's how you succeed as a father. Pray for your kids. 
Pray for their spouses and for their futures. Listen to them and hold them. Never let a chance go by to hug your kids. They need it much more than you know, and they need it as much as you do. Don't let a day go by without telling them that you love them, if you can. Tell them you're proud of them and how amazing they are. Give them a safe place to fail from. And when they do, teach them how to get back up. A failure is only a failure when he stops trying. Show them what it means to work, but also teach them how to leave it at the door when they get home. Play with your kids. And when you do, make sure that they know that they're the only ones that you would want to be with at that moment. Show them and be present. Know you'll fail, and you'll have things you wish you could change, but never stop trying. Your kids need you, and remember they're watching. But more than anything else, know that you have what it takes. Wow, that's a really well done. That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Wow. Okay. That was, that was, that was dang good. <laughs> he didn't tell me what he was going to share, but um, son, that was remarkable. Thank you for that reflection. And, and saying with such confidence and conviction, uh, that was very, very meaningful for me. Thank you. And Roland, um, you know, even um, all through your life, I've watched you uh, father uh, without having been fathered. You actually created a legacy by when you talk about spending time with your kids, you do that now with, the, with your kids still and with your grandkids and specifically even with your son-in-law. Yeah, I mean, you've really, really been remarkable that way. And then the other thing that you do is that you stay, keep yourself in the word and you study the Bible. And usually when you call me, you don't just call me and say, how are you doing? You say, Lauren, I have a scripture for you. And those sort of things make me want to do that for my kids. And, uh, and if I don't, I'll go, okay, what would, what would Roland do right now? Like, what, what was the word he gave me? And then I'll just pass that along. <laughs> I've learned so much from you. And I remember thinking, uh, when I got, gave my life to Christ, I remember thinking, because you were, you'd given your life to Christ four years earlier. And I thought, well, in four years, I'll be just like Roland. I'll be f- full of the word. And, uh, and uh, here we are 30-some years later. And... Um, Anyway, what, a, what an honor that is. The other thing, yesterday, when he, came, he comes down to visit, sometimes he brings his tools, sometimes he forgets them. And if he forgets his tools, he just uses mine, which are substandard, to both Chad's and his. <laughs> but yesterday he said, Lauren, can I cut your hedge? So he goes outside in the rain and cuts my hedge. And I watch him serve. And I watch him serve his family. And this, to me, makes me want to be a better servant. Uh, I watch my son give up give up um, stuff for his family, give up time, commit himself to be with his wife and t- taking quality time. So what, what they've shared this morning is what they are, obviously I don't think you learned that specifically from me, son, um, but we, you did go through a transition, I forgot, because we were farmers. And the hours we used to spend on the tractor together, just together, um, I miss those two. So, here's somebody's phone, all right. Um, here's what I want to do this morning as we wrap up. I, w- I would say that, you know, as a, growing up as a farmer, there's always so much work to do, but, but um, Dad would bring me along to work together. Paul Cole said yesterday, when women want to get to know each other, they sit across the table eye to eye and have tea. When men want to get to know each other, they go shoulder to shoulder and they take on a challenge. 
And that's what happened with me through my life, is dad spent time with me doing things, and it's probably all I knew to do is to do things with my kids. But if you could do, just do that one thing, have time, take time, and like Roland said, intentional time, don't feel like you have to have all the wisdom in the world. Your kids are actually, they're just looking for you. They're looking for your heart. They're looking for your stories. They can, they can extract the truths from them themselves. It's remarkable what my son observed in my failings. And I think that one of the reasons maybe you learned to pray, son, is because I didn't know how to father. And I needed to come to the Heavenly Father and say, how did you do it? And, and so this over and over for me, out of desperation, I just, you know, what I missed from my dad, I got from my heavenly dad. And I still feel like I'm getting, now as a grandfather, that we're still, I'm still extracting things. How do I love unconditionally? And how would I give unconditionally? All those things, we get them from our heavenly daddy. Um, I wanna pray for fathers here this morning. I wanna pray that there be, that we lift any guilt <clears throat> and any, uh, any regrets. We just lift them off your hearts. I wanna pray that. And um, if you're 18 and older um, and you're a male, uh, I want to pray for y'all because someday you're going to be a dad, I expect. Um, At the end of the service, we'll have a prayer team here because many times people feel um, that when we talk about fathers, they've got these vacancies and these these always and these um, they're still unsorted. And we have a team that'll meet you to pray. I forgot to mention this morning that yesterday at axe throwing, Look at what Carlo did. He made, us a, he made us a trophy. And Terry, right there, won the axe throwing contest. Yes, there he is. And he's, he's pretty proud of that. Yeah, yet the, the women had videos on, on pillow arranging at their event. <laughs> we had axe throwing. Uh, men and women are different. I want all, all men 18 and over, whether you're a father or not, I want you all to stand right now, if you would, please. There's never been a greater demand for men to be men in our culture than right now. I don't mean men just to be males, I mean men to be godly men that set standards and that courageously and boldly face challenges and don't flinch. So I'm calling you as men to rise to a new standard of courage and boldness. Our culture doesn't need you to be loud, but they need you to have a voice. Your family doesn't need you to be extravagant, but they need you to be present. Your work environment doesn't need you to be an expert, but they need you to have integrity. So we're calling you today to be men of God, worthy of respect and integrity. In a culture that's getting darker and darker, you are that light. So Father, today we commission these men right here today to be men, even if we didn't have the models and the mentors, to look to you as the ultimate mentor and the ultimate model. We look to you as the courageous one. We look to you as our example of fatherhood and manhood. And Jesus, you didn't mind being called the son of God and the son of man. So as sons, we say we have some failings and shortcomings and brokenness, but we declare that will not keep us from our destiny as being men of influence in our marketplace and in our world. God, I commission the fathers here today to love their children as you, Lord, have loved us. I commission them with a brand new heart and a passion to reach out to their wives and to their extended family and that they be men of God of strength and courage and integrity and nobility and respect. I ask Lord Jesus today that you infuse this man with supernatural power uh, uh, that comes from on high 
to, with a hunger for your word and that they would get on their knees and fight like man. God, I pray that you would call us back to the place of prayer and intercession before you, O oh God, because our generations depend on it. And I thank you today that as we look around, Lord, we're not doing this alone. And we thank you for leading us into greater and greater victories in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. You're released. On the way out for men 18 and older, we've got uh, bacon donuts out there and, and root beer donuts. Uh, take one. If you would like prayer, we've got a prayer team that's here. We'd love to pray for you. Have a happy Father's Day. God bless you. Your release, go change your families. Amen.